Tokens Tidbits. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tokens Tidbits, where we talk about the latest and the greatest from the headlines all around the world of um, Web3, blockchain, all that good stuff, the metaverse. And uh, we pulled uh, a couple of good articles that were uh, that recently hit the press, and we're going to review them with you. Iris, you want to give us a rundown? What's to come? What's on the agenda? I'd love to. I have a big smile on my face because Jeff and I were just talking about other podcasts that we love, and we hope that you love tidbits. It's We're very specific about what we're trying to deliver here, which is, to Jeff's point, all of the latest that's happening in new and cutting-edge technologies, especially around uh, Web3, Metaverse, AR, VR, and immersive technologies. Uh, today, we've got some really fun ones that some fun articles and topics that we want to discuss, including the latest on the ApeCoin DAO, which of course is the DAO and the cryptocurrency of the BYAC, Board Ape Yacht Club, um, very popular PFP project. We also are going to cover Apple's new headset, which at the time of the record is coming out in just a couple weeks. At least that's what people and experts are speculating on. And then lastly, we'll round out the discussion talking about... Where's the third one? Oh, the ro Roblox. Yes, yes. Board Ape Yacht Club. So we had Adam Raskin on this podcast previously. He is a yeah. multiple ape club... NFT owner. In fact, he had listed a one of his um, remaining apes just at like an insane price recently, just to see, and yeah, yeah made one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Sold it for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Still, yeah. like recently. Oh my God! Yeah, this this article references that uh, they sell at eighty three thousand dollars a piece. That's probably some sort of an average, or maybe at, at the time yeah. of this article being published. There are many aspects to the board ape ecosystem, including apes, mutant apes, dogs, ape coin. They of course now have their own metaverse where they sell um, land. I'm sure that isn't even um, a comprehensive list, but now they are interested in boosting the overall ecosystem growth by driving uh, ApeCoin through DAO-approved initiatives. What do you think about this? Uh, so I, first of all, I think it's a great example of a DAO at work, right? So they've got a really great community. Obviously, they're one of the, the biggest and most popular. And they wanted to do something. And and how do you do that? Well, you, you put it out to the DAO, to the people that are in the community, get a say, get a vote, and you 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 know you you float the idea and you see if it gets support. This one did. The DAO voted and it was approved. And now they're going to have this um, this incubator for for these new projects. And it's kind of interesting how they they um, listed that they broke it up. So there's what did they say that there's three different things. Uh, you can be an initiator, a voter, or a participant. I think is what they said. And I don't know how you become one of those three things. Um, I could speculate, but I don't know that it said much in the article. But the initiators t bring their ideas up for a vote, right? They propose ideas for projects. And then the voters vote and you use your, your token to vote, um, your ApeCoin probably. And then... If it passes the vote, then I guess participants are people that support the projects by buying NFTs. So, okay, 
um, it, that's a DAO at work, right? That's a, a community where you have earned or purchased your uh, your right to vote and participate and uh, pitch ideas, and it and we're seeing that as a as an example of how this whole thing, this whole community, can work, supported by the blockchain. I mean, I definitely want to be watching and how how this works, especially around uh, proposing initiatives and what additional volume it might generate for ApeCoin, but right. primarily because this is decentralized democracy at work. That's right. And what a fascinating use case for blockchain in general. This is something that we've always been fascinated with at Tokens and how to get young people and families involved in decentralized digital democracy. Um, you know, a, a really important, a, a really important aspect of um, DAOs is about um, uh, there are lots of different approaches to DAOs, right? So in some instances, your voting power is based on or predicated by how much coin, for example, you own. And there are other instances where one person equals one vote and different approaches to how uh, DAOs are structured. But in the end, the idea is that a group is able to make a decision uh, collectively and they're able to do it in a way that's trustless, meaning it's verified uh, by the blockchain and where everyone has a voice. Really cool. So do we know that if this one was like a majority rule or, you know, two thirds votes carries it or anything like that, any of that specified? No. And oftentimes that's, you know, set up at the, at, at inception. Um, but oops, I don't think I have additional, I don't have that kind of context, um, you know, here beyond this. I mean, I think we really wanted to uh, I think that's a good question and something we can look into. But the I- idea here is, you know, um, that this group can really be presenting and, like you said, approving and putting into action initiatives. Like, what a cool way to get people involved with bringing new excitement and growth to an ecosystem. Yeah. I was just curious. It's not that it really matters. Um, it, it's just so interesting. But yeah, you're, it's probably baked into the smart contract and you and everybody that buys into the system or is part of the community knows the rules and that's where the magic is. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to see this too, because as we know, BYAC is one of the most successful projects pretty much of all time in Web3's short history. And yet they need to generate additional growth and interest and keep their project fresh and alive and have reasons to bring people back. So, you know, I think that this is just uh, a mid-growth move on a semi-mature project. Yeah, totally. And I'm very curious to see where the whole thing goes to. It's it's sort of blazing the trail a little bit. Yeah. And it it, it sounds like everyone's kind of um, bracing for how AI and how metaverse is going to continue to affect, you know, what's already happened in Web3. There are some people who say, who are so bold as to say that we're basically just skipping over Web3 immediately into Web4 and where metaverse meets uh, AI. And I, I wonder if Apple is going to be the one who really ushers that in in a mass adoption kind of way. Yeah, nice transition into uh, Apple's latest news. They are launching a, a VR headset. 
So what are we to make of this? Like they've been launched before, right? So what what has been holding back the success of the VR headset and what is Apple going to do that's going to be different? So I thought that one of the people cited in the article said it best when he said, when Apple does it, they usually do it right. And being an Apple believer next to my iPhone and on my Mac, like I tend to agree. Um, That being said, my personal belief is that we're not going to see mass adoption of of a metaverse virtual reality until we don't have to wear stuff on our faces or until what we wear on our faces is is as simple as uh, wearing a pair of glasses. And so I'll be very curious to see how, um, if Apple is able to make a low, um, a a product that is so user-friendly that will really usher in this new era. Yeah. Well, if anyone can do it, it seems like Apple's the one that could. it's interesting what you said. You've got your iPhone, you've got your your Apple computer. Does that mean you're going to be a purchaser of this thing? That's a, you know what? I think that is the billion dollar question. Better question. What would make you purchase it? What would be the thing that would tip you? Um, what needs to happen? I think uh, end-to-end uh, integration with my other existing devices um, immediate utility, um, get more specific. Those are very broad and and ease of use. use. So you need to like go to, do you do it when people are going to meetings in this space? Is that when you finally pull the trigger on it? Like, like what we're doing right now, for instance, is this the is something like this going to be something that draws you into that world? It's not going to be a game, right? It, it seems like for an adult to do it, for me, it would have to be somewhat work-related or necessary. Like if everyone's yeah. in a virtual meeting and I'm not there, that's a problem. I'm going to have to get into a virtual environment to attend my mer- virtual meeting. And then, and only then, do I really make the choice of which product do I buy? And yeah, I probably buy Apple because I got an iPhone and I and I want it to sync up with all of my stuff, like you said. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I'm probably with you there, right? My in real life stuff is... I don't think we'll be impacted by a headset, right? I'm not going to mm-hmm. engage with my children, uh, my virtual reality headset. I'm not going to, you know, see my girlfriends. We're not going to have virtual dinners. We're going to go and we're going to break bread, right? And drink wine and have a good time. Um, it's really so, interesting what you just said there though, because I think that could, you could be having virtual dinners with people shortly and you might be doing it with an Apple headset and you'd be drinking your wine and eating your food and your friends are right there across the table from you. And it might be a better experience than eating alone or, you know, whatever alternative you have. I mean, didn't our Zoom socials over COVID, you know, suggest that that's not really a thing? Because it's not a great experience. It's not a it's not a great experience. It c- wouldn't it, it could be better. Like if you had your avatar 
or if it was even with AI, like you said, like we're jumping straight to Web4 and AI is getting really involved here. If Apple's ahead of that curve and AI continues at the breakneck pace that it is, you've seen the deep fakes. Don't act like you can't have a completely realistic version of you like at a table, look to your right and your friend's whole body is right there talking like your friend talks. It's going to look like the Matrix. It re we're really that close. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. You got the voice. You got the, I can, I can be three-dimensional me. Like right now I'm a two-dimensional me and you're not fooled, right? But it would right. be different. Have you ever put on, okay. Let me back up. My kid has an Oculus. Do, have you done the Oculus thing? No, but I've given multiple Oculuses as gifts. You Have you ever done a test drive? Have you ever gotten in there? I've done VR and stuff at like location-based experiences. Yeah. Okay. I was messing around with my kid's Oculus and playing some game. And I reached out to put my hand on a chair that was not there. And I fell straight onto my face. It is it is that realistic, even in, in animation. Like even when it's not really, really real, like AI could make it like tomorrow. It's I fell. I reached out to grab something and it was not there in, in my real world. But I was very much like immersed in this world. So I'm I'm scared, I think, that um Ready Player One is just around the corner. Well, but why does that scare you? Does that shouldn't that excite you? It does. It does excite me. You know, I'm not separating those emotions completely. Like roller coasters, both scare and excite me. <laughs> Touche. You know, um, but I'm I am I'm a little scared because it's it's so new and different, and now more than ever, I feel like it's right around the corner. Listen, whatever I can do to an, to avoid a commute in LA, That's like what I'm, I'm going to take advantage of that. However, who who is serving me dinner and who is bringing me the wine when I'm having those virtual events with my friends? Fair point. It is definitely <laughs> not easy to replace the dining out experience, especially when you're being waited on in a, in a schnazzy place like like Bicyclette. Um, I guess suppose. Yeah, it'll be work then that sucks you into the metaverse. But our children, they're they're gonna get. I don't know, man. What's Apple's play here? Who are they targeting? Is that clear? Did they did they make it clear who's Apple's targeting with this? Is it the younger cohort or is it the professional cohort? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, it seems like it's really going to kind of come down to developers. I'm, I'm assuming that their headsets are going to be. Uh, open sourced, mm -hmm. I mean, to the extent that, you know, um, you can create sure. apps, right? So I think it really kind of is going to come down to the use cases that developers create around the headset and, you know, what the prolifer 
proliferation of apps, I think we'll see that there are probably quite a few that many of which we can't even fathom, you know, at this totally. point. But it sounds like maybe, you know, our world will change beginning June 5th. And I'm very curious to see, uh, 2023, I'm very curious to see uh, what that's going to look like and how it affects, um, you know, crypto and Web3. Some of the people are speculating that uh, this really is going to um, up the value of, of metaverse tokens and crypto in general, because obviously the more time we spend in virtual environments, the more opportunities they will be to be spending digital currencies. Yeah, I think the article referenced that Sand did have a spike uh, on the news itself that Apple was getting into uh, VR headsets. And yeah, you're also right about the open source and developers making this thing really succeed. I remember in 07 when they launched the iPhone, it was awesome, but it took a while. There was a gap between when the iPhone launched and when it had such an ecosystem of apps in it that it just became like, well, you got to get into this. You got to get <laughs> right now. Yeah, the, yeah. The, there's an app for everything. Commercials probably didn't hit until like 2009 or or Wait, so. I think be, we I'd were be curious how, how many years apart with that. There's an app yeah. for everything in the yeah. We can we yeah. should we look. look I think up. we Do were we have somebody look that up. Ashley, behind the scenes, <laughs> get on this. Find out when the there's an app for everything campaign came out. Ashley, behind the scenes, our producer extraordinaire. You know, I uh, think we were so desperate and ready for the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, having traveled abroad, you know, prior to the iPhone's uh, introduction, you know, I saw how just kind of behind we were in the States in terms of, um, our smartphone technologies. And I was just huh. like, wow, I, I want to, like, I literally saw a teenager, young adult, um, you know, take her phone, take a picture and then send it on her, you know, Japanese electronic device in Japan in 2006 or Maybe it was, I guess I wasn't there in 2006. So it was whenever I was there or wherever I was traveling to at the time. But we were we were behind, right? And I think we were just ready for it. This, was the, this is the device that we all didn't know we needed. Mm -hmm. The iPhone, that is. Yeah. So um, I know Steve Jobs was all about the iPhone. Uh, I'm curious, were he alive today, what what his take on everything would be? You know, we're, we're sort of missing that loud voice in this conversation as all this stuff is happening. And I'm also curious if Apple would be launching a VR headset if Steve Jobs were still at the helm. Let me tell you, I think about that all the time. I think about how I really do because, you know, he passed so young yeah. that, you know, I feel like he... If he had been around another 10, 20, 30, 40 years, how, how different the world might be when you consider how much he changed it while he was here. Yeah, um, yeah I think about that that all the time. And that's a lot of pressure to put on Mattel or Mattel. What? Apple leadership and Tim Cook and all that, all that jazz, um, you know, pretty big shoes to fill. But um, I think they're doing pretty all right. And, you know, they're they're. They're big, um, but are they still the biggest, right? And are they going to lead the charge when there are metaverses like Decentraland and, and Sandbox and Roblox that have yeah. years and years on them? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to – Apple is, um, is probably a front runner to change this, but I heard a stat – 
and I'm, I'm going to adulterate it, I'm sure, but like the S&P 500, the top 500 companies in America, if you look at what composed the S&P 500 even 25 years ago, it's like they're not the same companies. And this trend has always been the trend in, in the cycle of, tw- I'm saying 25 years, but maybe it was long, a little bit longer than that, but it could have even been shorter than that. But the, the thing is like those that make up those top 500 companies uh, are not the same companies decade after decade. And so now we're, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, the FANG companies that are leading the S&P 500 now, but with all that's coming up with AI and Web3, um, I, it's, we're undoubtedly going to see, you know, energy like, uh, um, what is it? Fusion energy. Yeah. Fission, fission, fusion, fusion energy. Uh, like these are real things that are going to happen soon. And so I imagine that that S and P 500 is going to be turning over and maybe Apple makes it, maybe they don't, you know, maybe this, this headset is the first in a bunch of bad decisions. And as we stop using, computers and other stuff and move into more metaverse stuff, you know, maybe they take on a different role. They're in a good position because they have an ecosystem, right? They're not just consumer electronics anymore. And that was a really great pivot. Um, you know, there are a, couple, a handful of other companies that can make that claim. Um, but you never know, Iris. You never know. I think more will be revealed, but I'm uh, eagerly anticipating, you know, what this might mean and how it will integrate integrate into other existing metaverses. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Roblox. Um, let, that's related to the other article that we read. So summarize that one for me. Sure. Yeah. So the so Keru, the Children's Advertising Review Unit, which is a uh, an arm of the Better Business Bureau, which I believe uh, loops up into the FTC, um, hmm. is uh, and other various kind of watchdogs that are uh, out there, you know, kind of making sure that we continue to keep our you know cho- children safe from from advertising or predator- predatory advertising practices, as well as undisclosed av- as- advertising and privacy, et cetera. So all that is context to say that Kiru um, recently uh, released a report to the F- appealing to the FTC to look into Roblox. And Roblox, as we know, is one of the most prominent and widely used metaverses, if we can use that term, existing. How widely used? Uh, do you have Do you have millions of numbers to share? Uh, Roblox has. Take a guess at how many daily active users Roblox has. I mean, wild guess. Million in the, I mean, millions, hundreds of millions. Not quite, but yes, <laughs> tens of millions. Uh, 43.2 million daily active users. Now, another stat children age six to 11 in America, 25 million. 43.2 million daily active users. I'm guessing that the majority of those 43 million have to be, you know, under the age of 13. You know, the majority have to be under the age of 13. There's not a ton of plus 13 year olds on Roblox. I mean, there, I'm sure there are, but that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. And let me tell you, this is of particular interest to me. So I have done additional research and I believe that only just recently, did Roblox users, um, did it, did it flip? 
that the majority of the users used to be children, but only just recently it flipped. And oh. now there are there are technically more adult users on Roblox than there are um, adolescent. Adult as in over 18? Yeah. Yeah. Just recently it flipped. Where did this come from? What was the source uh, of this information? It is a additional. Oh no, this is um, this is from the full truthandadvertising.org report slash missive that was submitted to the FTC. Wow. Well, that really su actually surprises me. Are your kiddos I on Roblox? Oh yeah, they yeah they love Roblox and um, they have been for years. Roblox is cool. It's it's probably the closest to metaverse, an active metaverse that is thriving than any other one today. I would say, and that that's that to me seems the one that could make an intuitive leap into a virtual reality world. Roblox is cool because you can build your own avatar, and that avatar that you have, you can change it over time. It, it builds equity over time, and you can take it from game to game, platform to platform within within the Roblox Roblox platform, which is really cool and sticky. So um, it surprises me that there are a lot of adults in it, but it does not surprise me that they are somehow find themselves in violation of advertising to children. Iris, have you ever heard of Prime, Prime Energy? Uh, Prime Energy? No, I've heard yeah. of uh, Prime Video. No, not Amazon Prime or Prime Video. Prime Energy. I'm, I'm also surprised you haven't heard about it because it is all that my kids and my nephews will talk about. It's what is it? It is it's basically coconut water with vitamins in it. That's basically all it is. But it's you know packaged like a Gatorade. Looks cool, and they are obsessed with it and think it's like you know, it's a drink. Yeah, it's a drink. It's Prime a, it's energy a drink. But it's not like it doesn't have like taurine or like stimulants like per se stimulants like guarine. Like yeah, or gu uh, gu gu guaranaba guaranaba. You know that berry. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when you're talking. I do know what, what you're talking about. Um, it, it garana, ga, yeah, garana extract. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so it's. I don't think it has any of that stuff, and I hope it doesn't. But it is ungodly expensive. I'm talking like ten dollars for a bottle of this stuff. What? And kids are like trading it like it's crack at school. Like there's like an underground prime trading like ecosystem, you know, like market that happens like black market in schools. And it's all my nephews and my people talk about it. And finally I was like, okay, where did you hear about this stuff? Where do you think? On Roblox. Yeah. On YouTube and on Roblox and on YouTube, it's from guys that are game playing Roblox and they're marketing and I'm sure that they're paid, you know, and I'm sure it's not disclosed and I'm sure it's working and um, probably there, there probably needs to be a little regulation within that environment. See, this is, this is the thing, right? Um, you know, we've seen celebrities get dinged for undisclosed, undisclosed dis, uh, sponsorship, yeah. right. Promoting project pro products and stuff. And I think that, um, you know, it's hard for us as adults sometimes to understand if something is a paid promotion and or not, if something is an advertisement or not. And which means that it's doubly hard for children, right, who are just a little less discerning and who are far more impressionable. 
right? Yeah. I think, and I think that's you know um, these regulatory bodies' main bent is that we need to protect children. It's a responsible thing to do, whether or not Roblox is in you know violation of some of these practices, dark patterns as they call them. I guess you know will be will be revealed. But it sounds like in your just anecdotal experience alone that you wouldn't be surprised if this is happening, and it's happening kind of maybe even on a systematic level. Yeah. I think so. Um, so probably regulation is a good thing. We certainly want to protect our kids. And I know how much that means to you and your endeavors with tokens. And uh, yeah, Roblox. I'm, I'm so curious about that stat that there's a lot of adults in the platform now. I'm going to be checking that out. Uh, but even even advertising to adults, as you said, there should be full disclosure. Right. We're in the VUCA future, right? Volatile, uncertain um, complicated and ambiguous, I think is what the acronym stands for. That comes from a book, um, new leadership literacies by kind of blank on that. A futurist out of Silicon Valley. I can't remember his name. I think Bob something. Anyway, he describes this future that we're moving into as the VUCA future, volatile, uncertain, complicated, and ambiguous. And it's, that's true. Like everything is getting so hazy, just fuzzy lines everywhere. Uh, you know, you don't know what's what anymore. Th- there's deep fakes. There's all these new um, fraud schemes where somebody can call you up and it will sound exactly like your your brother or your kid in their voice saying like, hey, I need help. I need you to wire money to blah, 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 blah. And you got to be so much smarter and savvier now and, and skeptical all the time, just validating truth at every turn. And it's exhausting. So it really, the onus is really on businesses, corporations, people that, you know, have, uh, they need to be more responsible. They have that obligation. And so there may be back doors that you can slip through like, like the Roblox metaverse, but don't, you know, better do better, you know, don't slip through the back door, be responsible. Oof. So many complicated feelings about that. I mean, part of me is skeptical and says, oh, is this just the hell in the handbasket theory at play where every generation feels like their generation is going to pot, right? But then there's also, you know, I think I feel like real truth and validity to that, the fact that we unprecedented times with technology that's moving at lightning speed and, um, you know, and uh, a, a lack of um, uh, that same kind of speed in, in c- when it comes to regulation, right? So I, yeah. I, I, gr- I do 100% agree that um, we, we owe it to our customers and to the world to you know, put a little bit of that responsibility on ourselves as yes. product developers, designers, creators, business owners, right? That, you know, w- will it, will it hurt the business so much. In fact, I, I believe that it, it helps the business ultimately and in the end, if you put those practices in, into effect as part of your DNA. Very well stated. That That is what I'm saying. I'm We are all in this together, right? This brave new world. So turn the finger around, hold yourself accountable. That's the sort of thing that is equal to happiness in your life. Like knowing, hey, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing my part. And if all of us tried a little harder to do that, like you know, we, it will be a, a bright, wonderful place that, that where technology enables like all of these wonderful things. So yes, it's great to have 
institutions and regulators and watchdogs like institutionally doing that thing, but really it comes down to the individual. So, and I think you're an example of that, Jeff. I've never known you, but to live with authenticity and responsibility and self accountability, and uh, it, you know, you've been always a source of inspiration and maybe even accountability in that regard. So, you know, just thank, thank you for you. that. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Thank you, Iris. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope that it's helpful, and I hope it's not, you know that there can be, you know, encouragement and, you know, purpose and not just fear and uncertainty and doubt and all of the scary things that come with the new technologies. And I think what you're saying exactly applies to what we're trying to do in this podcast and to say that we're in this together, that you and I are parents and business owners and creators, just like our uh, listeners. So, you know, we, we, we're here to kind of just share a little bit of that with our listeners. So, Thank you, Jeff, and thank you to our listeners for checking in on this latest episode of Tidbits. We hope you enjoyed it and the topics that we we just covered. If there are additional topics that you'd like us to discuss, let us know. You can find us anywhere on social media at Tokens or at TokensNFT. You can also email us at info at tokens.com or check out uh, ways to contact us at the Tokens website. That's T-O-E-K-E-N-Z dot Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again. I think uh, it, was, it was lovely to, it's been a minute, so it's lovely to see you. Yeah, and, uh, and we'll see you all next time. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.